My name's Kaylee Frost. I'm the Head of Clinical Support at Health Assured, and I'm joined today by Victoria Harrison, and we're going to be talking about women's mental health. Morning, Victoria. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me along to do this today. Not a problem at all. So, so excited um, to, to get these podcasts, you know, kickstarted as well um, and to showcase the talent of our counsellors. You're all absolutely amazing. Um, and there's so much in terms of knowledge and insight into clinical support that that you guys can provide. So let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Um, so obviously we're going to talk about mental, uh, women's mental health today, but but first you just want to tell me a little bit about your experience, you know, what got you into counselling? Why why are we here today? Why are you here sat, you sat here as a counsellor, Victoria? Um, I'm sat here today because I wanted to make a difference in the job that I do. Um, and through my own life experiences of pain, um, and things that had been modeled to me um, that I didn't kind of agree with and I learned about as I got a bit more experience in the world really doing the jobs that I did. Um, my experience in counseling, I've been a counselor for about four years now yeah. um, and I've worked from being a school counselor in a primary school yeah. um, through to working in a homeless agency with ex-military males um, which Very is varied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have a private practice um, yeah. that's quite busy. And then the work that I do with Health Assured as well, it's very varied what I do. I don't know how you have time to do anything else at all. And look after your own mental health yeah. and physical health as well. You're a very, very busy <clears> lady. Um, but your experience, I mean, yes, you've been a counsellor for four years, but the stuff that you've crammed into that is just phenomenal. Um, we could sit and talk about all of it, and I'd love to, uh, but we're going to speak uh, about how you support women um, and talking about women's mental health in general. Now, oh, <laughs> um, when you... When you're speaking with with female clients or maybe service users that are accessing the, the immediate support line, what do you see as the biggest struggles at the moment that, that women are having? Um, the biggest struggles really tend to be um, them not being authentic to themselves. Um, and there's this kind of label of, yeah, but I need to be strong as a woman. <laughs> And it is, you know, to be strong is great and to have those strengths is great. Yeah. But underneath all of that, are we using that as an excuse to avoid looking after our own mental health? Well, this is it. <clears throat> we've been, we, I'm saying collectively, us as women, uh, you know, we've been faced with so much in terms of um, prejudice and discrimination mm -hmm. anyway throughout the years for centuries. And and to get into a situation where we are empowered um, and we can, you know, look to be successful, look to be strong women, we, we're frightened of... Mm -hmm showing any weaknesses I mean I am talking on behalf of all women so sorry uh, everyone but that's my personal feeling and is that something that you personally can sometimes struggle with or might think about yeah no definitely for years I was having this internal war inside of me of what I should do you know what I would do what I could do all for others um and I had a lot of anger and frustration myself and it was all because I wasn't being true and I was looking for that positive regard externally. Yeah. Um, so while keeping, you know, a peace and pleasing everyone else externally, I was creating a chaos inside of me. And I, I yes. see that quite a lot with um, clients and, and the ladies, especially that I speak to, because we are known to internalize our mental health and our feelings. Yeah. And this is why ladies um, struggle a lot more with anxiety and depression um, yeah. in, in kind of the research that I've done even 
as well as the experiences on the line that I do. Just touching back on something that you said mm-hmm. before, what what do you mean by positive regard? Um, so positive regard is basically um, when we're kind of wanting, um, you know, external validation. We want to make others happy, you know, yeah. people pleasing. I get that. I get that. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Feel you, feel you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think that is something personally probably struggled with the well, at least all of my adult life mm-hmm. and probably every woman I know. And I'm sure the same with yourself as well. It's something that that we've been stuck with, unfortunately. Yeah. Is that what you work with with your female clients then? You know, how do you go about working with that? Yeah, it is what I, I work with. Obviously, every client is a different a different person and I always mm. try and explain it to my clients you're all a different flower oh. and every kind of flower you know that is out there has different kinds of needs um so I do look at it on an individual basis um but you know in working with that it's about you know where does that voice come from yeah. you know who is it that's telling you that you should be you know taking care of others needs first or that you're not worthy or that you're not lovable yeah. to look after you and you know doing that kind of inner work there of who is that voice we tend to you know to find out well actually it's not my voice what 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 kind of what voices are it you know I bet there's some common themes yeah when you're working so what what kind of so root causes are there so root causes is um there's definite ones of our mother figures and what they kind of model to us um you know and um you know you could be grown up with a mum that's shown that you know the needs of the partner the father is always put before you know Mm. hers and the needs of the children you know and we can grow up kind of you know playing that out ourselves um there's even kind of you know expectations at work you know that um a woman's voice isn't heard as loud as you know you know a male voice you know and um so there's there's lots of different root causes but in kind of realizing where that voice comes from it opens up a doorway for us to explore further i feel like i'm in a counseling session right now i feel like so <laughs> so at ease just chatting with you um how how in terms of um the the general mental health struggles mm-hmm. of women that you speak to either on the helpline or through private practice or, or whatever what are the most what would you say like the three most common mental health struggles that they have um there's anxiety and depression definitely yeah. um, renowned um you know in women's mental health but you know i'm seeing a lot more around hormones as well a lot more right, women okay, are kind yeah. of researching into what hormones are, are doing and playing a part in yeah um and um you know in kind of researching myself it's given me a little bit of understanding on me yeah, yeah. um and, and the way that my kind of body works and believe it or not there's less known about women only issues um, and that's why it takes a lot longer for us to be diagnosed things like endometriosis, yeah. you know, PMDD. Basically, it, it's to do, you know, with our hormones, that cycle that we go through mm-hmm. um, and how it impacts us so much. You know, our brain and our body are, are not two separate boxes. Yeah. It's all joined into one. Um, and it, with the hormones that we have, you know, on that cycle, the beginning of the cycle, we have estrogen. And when yeah. that estrogen is high, we actually have better verbal skills as women. Our memory is better. We are happier in our moods. But then when it comes to um, the 
pro- progesterone, I think yeah. it's called. <laughs> um, I always say that word wrong. Um, when that kind of then um, increases, we then find ourselves in that low mood, struggling with depression. I don't know about yourself, Caleb, but I'm really clumsy. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I've broken this wrist twice, oh. uh, just, just from walking in a straight line. Oh. sober as well sober as well wow. <laughs> yeah you know the clumsiest are there'll be like tears you know I've experienced myself yeah, tears yeah. I'm thinking why am I so upset about this yeah and there's actually the science behind it is those chemicals are taking over our brain you know what very recently <clears throat> I've started tracking my period mm-hmm. uh, I know it's a bit of an uncomfortable subject for some people to to, mm-hmm. to listen to but I think it's amazing and you know what it's recently since I've started seeing a PT um, and going to training sessions he knows more about my like menstrual cycle than I do so I started tracking it and for me I guess it's different in different women isn't it but the week mm-hmm. before uh, I'm due on um erratic angry you know someone looks yeah. at me the wrong way puts a piece, a piece of paper down on my desk and I want to launch myself over the desk at that person and then 10 minutes later also just want to sit in a corner mm-hmm. and sob and now actually tracking where when that is due to happen I've been doing it for about three or four months now it kind of makes sense and I know to start looking after myself, you know, a little bit more yeah. um, during those, you know, those two or three days of my menstrual mm-hmm, cycle. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that's something that a lot of women could look to to start implementing. It's not difficult. I mean, I think I just do it on my phone. Mm-hmm, you just track mm-hmm. everything and, and I, I log my symptoms and stuff like that. But it's really interesting because then people are going to be able to work out when these chemical levels and these hormone levels mm-hmm, are going to be spiking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and put measures in place like controls I guess to yeah look after themselves what kind of you know so when people I feel like we're just going to talk quite a lot about periods now so apologies <laughs> but when you know if people are as if women are struggling um with those hormone spikes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what kind of suggestions would you have for them to maybe try out put in place to to look after those mood swings I guess which you know that's what they are aren't they yeah yeah you know when those chemicals are at play and causing havoc in mm-hmm. us um <laughs> you know every woman's body's different so yeah, to speak yeah. and some may not have you know the same effects as like what me and you have yeah but I always think it's good to look at boosting that serotonin yeah, yeah. That, that happy chemical yeah so it could be completely different to all different women but for me it's things that make me smile yeah so it could be a piece you're of- always smiling <laughs> <laughs> um well, I've got a lot to be happy about is good um but a piece of music you know cooking for myself something nice you know booking myself a breakaway on my own oh yes so it's not necessarily you have to go and get have a counseling session and go and speak to a counselor at those times that's not needed you don't have to go to not and it's not an extreme but you don't Mm -hmm. have to go to that level of clinical input it's just remembering what it is that makes you happy as a yeah. person yeah no you know some may may find it really supportive talking to the counselor a counselor at that time yeah. but you know there's so much we can do to help ourselves and it's about making you know that more you know more aware uh, that awareness out there of you know how do we you know help ourselves when we're feeling in these low moods you know there's been days when I've just stayed in bed 
you know, and oh, if that's yeah. what your Love body those needs. Days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Scrolling on TikTok for seven and a half hours, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is that realistic as well? You know, yeah. in the expectations of women, you know, um, going to work, you know, I've been there myself, hot water bottles burning my stomach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to make sure that I can I can be there and I can function and that, you know, I, I'm as balanced as, as what I can be, but yeah, am yeah. I being true to myself in doing that at times? It's really good. I mean, I think it's really important. I, I, you know, I never really planned to move on to the subject of menstruation uh, in this. It's definitely not here on my talking <laughs> points. But I think when you're looking at uh, women's mental health, it's really important um, to look at that because we do have those extra hormones. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those chemicals are often imbalanced and not on our side. And like you say, cause mm -hmm. havoc, cause mm -hmm. chaos, mm -hmm. don't they? Mm -hmm. um, what about... You know, have you supported many women, um, perhaps that are perimenopausal or, or menopausal as well? You know, mm -hmm. what kind of things do you see um, when you're supporting those women? And one that I was speaking to the other day, you know, and it was really sad. There's these unconscious biases that we have yeah. in society, in the workplaces for, for women, um, you know, and th they're sharing things to me that, you know, it's like I'm being judged. It's like I'm yeah, having yeah. people waiting for me to make a mistake because of my ages. You know, my hormones are all over, you know, and, and you know, that struggle is real for, for women. Yeah. And it's like, is it being recognized? Are we doing enough? Is there enough support out there for this? And it's about, you know, holding, you know, the clients that are struggling in that moment and kind of giving them that psychoeducation that, you know, this is what your body's doing. These are the hormones at play yeah. here, you know, and, you know, how can you be kinder to yourself as you're going through this? What is it you feel that you yeah. need? Talking about um, hormones and this unconscious bias, I think there are such, such negative connotations mm -hmm. to that. Um you know, that just the word hormonal in itself just has this kind of stigma and taboo and, and thinking about, you know, our, like the older um, generations of women would never have even talked about that for fear of that being, she's crazy, she's hormonal, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I make a conscious effort to be very open about mm. the peaks in my menstrual cycle. I'm like, oh, I'm due on and I make it very, very clear, you know, I, and I don't, I want to kind of break down the stigmas that are attached to that and normalize talking about um, things that once really suppressed, oppressed women mm -hmm. um, for fear of that being linked to them being crazy or hysterical. Um, and, and I still think there's a lot of stigma attached to that because then people don't want to talk about how, their hormones are impacting them or just struggling about their mental health in general. Mm. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, we already face so much prejudice as women anyway. Mm -hmm. If you start throwing other kind of risk factors, you know, that might put things in jeopardy, like your successful career, um, a flourishing social life and, mm. you know, thriving mm -hmm. in life. You don't want to start talking about things that might take those kind of big milestones, you know, mm. away from you. Do you, do you get, um, I'm kind of waffling on now, but do you see many women or speak to many kind of female clients that are really, you know, frightened about what opening up might do to them, like the implications mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, doing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, th there's plenty that they'll, they'll ring us and reach out um, and they'll, they'll say, I just don't know what to do. I feel so stuck, you know, and I'll kind of reflect to them. It's like, you're, you're 
putting on a wor- Oscar worthy performance here. Mm. I was like, well, you know, you must be exhausted yeah. in pretending that everything's okay when you're actually really struggling here. Um, and it's about really giving them that empathy and kind of like you say, normalizing it and letting them know that, you know, they're not alone in this journey. You know, more women do need to speak up about, you know, their hormones and if they're struggling um, and also... And just know, mental health conditions in general. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's all in, interlinked, isn't it? So yeah. if our, our hormones and our, our, our mind are kind of, you know, up and down, mm-hmm. it is going to impact that men, our mental health. And, you know, it needs to be looked at. It needs to be addressed so women do feel comfortable in sharing it. You know, is, is there a way that we work around that in, in workplaces? You know, when, you know, these, these times... Yeah coming up and you know certain women struggle more than others as well with that what do you think so you know I speak a lot of time so I speak more to the employers you mm-hmm. know in our line of work mm-hmm. I speak more to the employers you speak more to the employees so you're mm-hmm. you're like on the ground you know yeah. with you know with, with, with the guys um you know and I'm there look you know speaking to senior leadership mm-hmm. but you have got the insight from speaking to people that may be struggling talking about mental health being open mm-hmm. about mental health in the workplace what suggestions would you have for their employers or for the workplace in general about I guess a culture shift is is what's needed isn't yeah it? well you know it, is it about having those conversations with with um you know if they were comfortable with it with the females in the workplace of mm-hmm. you know do you do you struggle you know with your hormones are you struggling you know with yeah. your cycles you know making you know themselves approachable and, and, a, and not a taboo subject so to speak yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, is is there some way that their rotor can be worked around, you know, their needs so yeah. they are able to rest on those few days a month where it is more difficult because, you know, these rigid expectations that are put in us, um, you know, from society, introductory values from, you know, families and workplaces of, you know, that... <laughs> You, you know, you, you're here to do the job, you know, this is what should be done, mm. you know, you can't be a little bit slower, you know, the, the, they need to be more, um, what's the word now, more, more flexible, mm-hmm. you know, rather than being so rigid. No, yeah, absolutely. I think that, well, that's been needed for a number of years, hasn't mm-hmm. it? I always say, um, you know, when I first started with Health Assured and kind of moved into the mental health space, Everything was about breaking the stigma mm-hmm. of mental health mm-hmm. and talking about mental health. But actually that's shifted massively. A lot more people are comfortable talking about that, but it's then the person that they're talking to or the people they're talking to don't know how to deal with it. That's where the stigma is now because yeah. people don't know how to respond for fear of offending someone mm-hmm. or you know crossing the line or overstepping the boundaries and things. So I think that's where there really needs to be mm-hmm. a focus mm-hmm. now. And, and talking about, women opening up, not just in the workplace. Do you find, because I've certainly, you know, felt like this, where you compare yourself to your peers, your, your friends, your family, like they've got their, they've got their stuff together, you know, they're, yeah. they, they're, they're like, you know, doing great. And I can't tell them about these struggles that I've got. Mm-hmm. So that com- constant comparison, do you see that a lot? Is that common? Yeah, and we drive ourselves insane. <laughs> yeah, Our yeah. brain ends up becoming a bully within us. Yeah, you know, um, and, and I can relate to it myself. You know, there's there's been times when I've struggled and I've been too embarrassed to say something. You know, yeah. I, I've got dyslexia and dys- dyspraxia, and you know, to kind of say oh, I'm struggling here now, it's it's kind of I've had to you know 
work through that uncomfortable feelings yeah. of you know well what if they do judge me what if they do think I'm no good what if I may be um you know I, I'm frowned upon in the job that I do because of these struggles that I do have and you know I've, I've had to be brave yeah. you know I've had to have that courage because if I don't push myself out into that uncomfortable zone you know I'm never going to grow you know, even doing this podcast today, I've been like, oh, I feel really anxious doing this. <laughs> but I've had to push myself because as a counsellor, we expect our clients to be able to push themselves, go into that uncomfortable zone, yeah. you know, in order to kind of work with their fears. You know, so we need to do that as well as counsellors. You should be really proud that you've come to do this, by the way. I'm really <laughs> proud of you and I'm really happy that we're getting to spend this time together. I bet I'm at, like after this, though, you'll just walk out and decompress. Like, <laughs> like, oh my, you've been probably building this up all week. But, you know, you're absolutely right. I think, um, I, I think, you know, when it comes to speaking to other people, I think what's really important to remember is that the likelihood is that they're probably thinking or have thought the same thing like mm -hmm. oh sugar I can't I can't tell Victoria this I can't let her know that I'm struggling because she looks like she's got her life together <laughs> whereas you're there on the other side going oh god I can't tell Kaylee this because she, she's got her life together what she's gonna think of me so mm. I think we just need to start talking about it yeah. and no we don't mean after a couple of drinks in the bathroom toilet crying <laughs> to one another about it which is I mean I've been there as well I'm sure you have yeah, yeah. but having very healthy conversations mm, you know mm -hmm. going for a cup of tea together or something going for lunch and, mm -hmm. and opening up or, or just like texting your loved mm -hmm. one your friends saying and I just need to have a chat like I need to sound off to someone you know I'm not feeling too great I think we need to normalize those kind of mm -hmm. conversations and really like you know between friends and, and family just making that a bit of a normal conversation yeah yeah it it's about that congruence and being real. Um, What's congruence? So congruence <laughs> is just just being real and not holding back, who, yeah. you know, who we are or what's going on for yeah. us. Um, and, you know, I, I work very much in that way um, with with um, the women that I work with because, yeah. you know, through, you know, like you were sharing before, women think, oh, that, oh, I've, I've got, I've not got everything together. I maybe judged her. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in being real, we're actually saying, do you know what? I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, I, I've been there. It may not be exactly the same, the experience, but, you know, I've had similar thoughts to that. Yeah. Um, and in, in us being vulnerable to other women, what we are doing is we are empowering them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this perfect conversation with it just being International Women's yeah. Day. On that, did you sub, uh, did you celebrate it at all? Did you um, anything for it? What did I do? In fact, I've brought something with me. I've got a quote that I wanted to read oh, that I found cute. in International yeah. Women's Day. Should I grab it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you love it. a quote. I do. I do love a quote. So um, each day I spend some time reading poems or quotes. Yeah, yeah. And I find this gets me to really reflect on, you know, my life, yeah, yeah. my experiences. And um, I share in my private practice, I, I have a page. I share on there and a lot of other women can relate to it. Yeah. And I, again, it's making that connection that you're not in this alone um, and someone else understands you. You're so sweet. Um, right, let me just find You are prepared. It. Look at it. Is this like a, a book full of quotes? Um, well, <laughs> these are on my cue cards. I thought I might need them, but we've, we've just kind of we've just gone got, with We've it. gone for yeah. it, haven't we? I love it. Um, right, okay. <laughs> I would have loved it if this was a book of quotes. 
Uh, quotes by Victoria Harris. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the quote that I um, read on International Women's Day. Yeah. But um, even reading it, there's this unconscious bias of he begins. <laughs> so I'll read it to you. Yeah, yeah. So although the organismic self is present at the birth of a baby, so that's who we are. Real, who we really yeah, are. Yeah. We don't come into this world feeling anxious or depressed. You know, it's our experiences of life. And think of yourself as like an onion and that core of that onion. onion is who you were born into this world and all those layers of that onion are all your experiences those values those morals from family friends yeah. workplaces and sometimes we need to strip some of those layers off and get back to that car like shrek yeah 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 maybe that's where i've got it from (laughs) um so the expression of positive regard which i mentioned earlier so that need to kind of wanting approval from everybody Mm, else wanting to please them um towards him by some someone significant to him becomes more important to him than his own organismic value in process and he begins to seek positive regard from others at the expense of any other experience you know how many of us can relate to that yeah Although you're very right about the him and he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in <laughs> the unconscious that. bias is just everything. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, until we kind of think, oh, actually, yeah, it's there right in front of us, he, him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, how many times have we, you know, put our mental health at, at a risk to, to pleasing somebody else? Yeah, probably more than once in mm-hmm. my in, in my personal experience and I'm sure it's the same with yourself and you know what what's really quite not sad but the reality of it is it's gonna it's gonna I think always be like that I don't think Mm -hmm. we're gonna fully Mm -hmm. be able to eradicate that um but there are so many ways and so many things that people can be doing to to minimize you know like make Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. less of an issue um I think I feel like We've covered quite a lot of ground here. I mean, is there anything that you think that, you know, would be really pertinent to to kind of bring to light or discuss that we haven't already discussed at all? I mean, I've pretty much gone through, you know, the kind of things that I would start, and more and, you know, and the rest. You know, have we missed anything that you think would be really, you know, for everyone that's listening um, that has access to support that maybe mm-hmm, doesn't know mm-hmm. to use it, maybe needs that little bit of a push? Mm-hmm. Um any final kind of thoughts on your side, Victoria? That's um, what I was trying to get in a roundabout way. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, to, to, to summarise really what we've been speaking about is don't be afraid to, to speak out, you know, um, to a counsellor if you do need that. You know, mm. we won't judge. We will give you that safe place. And just because we're counsellors doesn't mean we've, we've got it all together because we're human <laughs> as well. Um, and, and just What? To, yeah, can you? <laughs> you <laughs> um and one thing that always sticks with me is um you know it's an ongoing process we call it self-actualize self-actualization and it's a process that we're going through every day and I even have to do these check-ins with myself it's you know we're never going to be perfect because you know when we look at a landscape we think oh well you know there's nothing you know it's not perfect is it but we see it as perfect so it's trying to look at ourselves as that landscape with that sunset do we say oh oh actually that sunset if it was a bit more orange and a bit more over to the left Mm -hmm. it would look more beautiful it's about accepting you know who we are those quirks and you know through me accepting my own quirks you know I've I've become so much happier I'm not heavy you know I'm 
not embarrassed about if I say a word wrong or if something, you know, an old saying or quote said back to front because of my dyslexia. Mm-hmm. I accept it. And, and most people, they laugh with me and I laugh at myself. Now I can do that. I want to do snaps for you, Victoria. That was awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Okay. I think this is a nice natural end to the to the podcast today it definitely is thank you so much for joining me and um just thank you for doing what you do you're fabulous and so are you thank you for having me thank you cheers